0: We acknowledge that Spruce Grove Public Library sits on Treaty 6 territory and expresses gratitude and respect for the land we use with the pledge that this organization will actively work to end systematic racism, continue to participate in truth and reconciliation, and partner with our neighbors First Nations, Alexander Cree, Alexis Nakoda Sioux, Enoch Cree, and Paul, to improve Indigenous programming, services, and
1: resources in our community. We are here to provide an informative and entertaining method to reach out to our community of Spruce Grove. If you have any questions or concerns about anything you hear on this podcast, you can email us at behindthestacks@sgpl.ca. at sgpl.ca.
0: we were going to talk about something else but then uh, something crazy came up we couldn't ignore this Simone no, no we couldn't <laughs> so this episode we're going to discuss the number one show on Netflix right now Squid Game which you brought up last episode
1: and re- yes. highly recommended to watch I insisted that you watched it and I'm assuming that you did Yep. Yeah. awesome and we're also going to talk about some other great Korean shows and I have to thank you for introducing me to South Korean shows because wow I've gone down this huge rabbit hole now They're so good, especially their horror.
0: So let's get right into our first segment of...
1: Whatcha reading? Or watching, or listening, or playing. So I don't have as much as I did last time. For watching, I went back and revisited one of my favourite movies from when I was a kid, which was Nightmare on Elm Street. That came out in 1984 when I was seven, and I saw it when I was nine or ten. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, man. (laughs) I... Me and my best friend, Martin, he used to come over, and my mum loved horror movies, so she had quite a few VHS. When my mum would go to bed, we'd sneak downstairs, pick one out from her special box of movies, and watch it. Yeah, we probably watched some things that weren't very age-appropriate. This is definitely one. Um, The original Nightmare on Elm Street. Have you heard of Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes.
0: But I haven't watched it, but I really want to watch it.
1: It's really good. I watched it again a couple of days ago, and it's, it's aged really well. If you haven't seen it, it's about this place called Elm Street, where all these teenagers live. And they're all having the same really scary dream about this strange man who has a glove with metal claws on it, and his face is burned, and he attacks you in your dreams. And they're all like, why are we all having the same dream? That's really weird. And then, of course, people start dying in their dreams. And it turns out there was a child killer called Freddy Krueger who lived in Elm Street years ago, and all the parents burned him alive. And he's come back to get revenge by killing their children in their dreams.
0: (laughs) I'm sort of only laughing because it's like, he does something bad, community retaliates, and then he's going to come back and do more bad stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so he's like, I killed all these kids and you murder me for it so i'm really mad and i'm gonna leave more kids like fine he's not very good at taking responsibility for what he did
0: no it's kind of petty but it sounds like something i would do
1: how dare you ruin my air quote fun (laughs) so there's a girl called nancy who figures out how to kind of interact with Freddy in the dream fight back against him so she's the main protagonist there's a lot of adults who are really kind of useless like nancy's mum She's just like, honey, you just need sleep. You're just overtired. And her mum is, she has like a bottle of gin in every cupboard. <laughs> Excellent. She does her best, but she's, she's not too helpful. And Nancy's dad is a cop and he's just like, don't worry, honey, I can get this bad guy. Just get some rest. That's basically the advice all the adults give to get some sleep. It is noted that this was Johnny Depp's first film role. He plays Nancy's boyfriend, Glenn. Still the heart drop. He has a he has this little crop top. <laughs> it's like a football jersey. Crop oh, top. oh my god. And big poofy hair. He I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything when I say he meets a grizzly end. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yes. <laughs> the sarcastic. Oh no. It's there's a lot of blood. If you mm. don't like blood in movies, mm. you want to skip that one. Freddy Krueger, he became something of an horror icon over the years. He almost became a bit of a joke. Like, he'd have kind of funny catchphrases after he'd kill someone in in the other movies. There's like seven other films. But in this one, you just start getting to know him, and he's very creepy. He's in the shadows, has this horrible, dark voice, and... Yeah, he's the stuff of nightmares, so... Even though it was made, oh gosh, 1984, so over 30 years ago. It's still a very scary movie, very atmospheric, and it was really fun to watch it again. I think I remember playing the video game. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't remember much else. I just remember like the <clears> screen <throat> turned and it was like nighttime, then it was like all H-brick's
1: loose. Yeah. Like, oh my god! <laughs> and they they made a remake in, I think, 2010. Nah. No, yeah, no. Wasn't good. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time on that. There are quite a few sequels, like I said. My favorite is number three, which is called Dream Warriors. And that has Patricia Arquette in her first movie role. And it is awesome film. I'm definitely going to watch that again. Before. Third one, that's impressive. Usually after,
0: like, first one's amazing, second one, eh, and then it goes downhill. Now, as a novice to the series, would I need to see the second one to appreciate the third one?
1: No. Okay. Definitely not. But I would definitely say see the first one. Because a lot of the characters, like Nancy, comes back in the third one. And it's all, it's not dumb, you know, it's no CGI, or practical effects. For reading, I read a book called Dear Laura by Gemma Amore. This was very dark and, again, very scary. Just tell you the synopsis. Every year on her birthday, Laura gets a letter from a stranger. His name is X. And the stranger claims to know the whereabouts of her missing friend, Bobby. But there's a catch. He'll only tell her what he knows in exchange for something personal. So begins... Laura's sordid relationship with her new pen pal ex. Built on a foundation of qui quo, her quest for closure will push her to bizarre acts of humiliation and harm. So it's really a psychologically twisted. He gives her little shreds of information and she has to do some pretty horrible things to get that. And it starts from when she's a kid all the way up to an adult when she finally meets him so there's a lot of back and forth in time it's very very tense you think sometimes she's finally gotten away from him and then suddenly a letter just appears at their door the ending i i think it was a satisfying ending i think i was expecting a little more but it did the job yeah that was really creepy and there's also on a podcast i really like called the no sleep podcast they do an audio version of dear laura in about five episodes so I listened to that after I read the book. That was really good. Amazing voice acting. So yeah, those were my creepy
0: picks. Those are amazing. I want to watch and maybe listen and or read both. I think you should. I love psychological horror. Not too much of the gore. I'm kind of like, eh. Oh
1: yeah, mm-hmm. this isn't too gory. It's just no. really like, ooh, you know how you're just so uncomfortable. and you're <sighs> like, oh, I just want to throw this away. It's oh so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then
0: like Courtney Watson, like, yes! Yeah, give it to me! Throw it to me! <laughs> oh goodness. My picks. (laughs) Start with reading. So I finished Son of a Trickster Mm -hmm. by Ian Robinson. I definitely want to read the next one, which is uh, Trickster Drift. Okay. I really liked, it made me uncomfortable, this book. Mm -hmm. So not so much like scary, but just like the upbringing and lifestyle and things that were happening. I was like, but then I like kind of the addition of like the spirit world stuff. Mm -hmm. Like there was animal spirits in this. I'm like, ooh, so not like quite fantasy, legend Kind Mm -hmm. of, yeah. So I really like that. And then I read a YA book called A Lesson in Vengeance by Victoria Lee. I love, as soon as I opened it, this was the acknowledgement. And right away I was like, it says, for coffee stained girls in libraries. Oh, that's amazing. I I just felt like, this is for me. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, because the cover is beautiful. I'm like, it's like a sign. (laughs) So I just took this and ran with this. I'm like, it's my book. And was was it a good book? It was a good book. It was another kind of like whodunner a little bit okay not a lot led up to like you figuring it out but at the end you're kind of like okay yeah you know what i'll take that but lots of like psychological thrillers Mm -hmm. um basically it's about a girl named felicity morrow and she's going back to the dalloway school which is um centuries old it was her home until the tragic death of her girlfriend so there's lgbtq elements in there okay um, and now she left, because obviously that's like, incredibly traumatic, but she's returning. She gets her old room, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Like I would be like, can I have a room, room, Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, and of course, the exclusive dormitory is rumored to be haunted by the spirits of five Dalloway student girls who were said to be witches, and they all died mysteriously. Mm-hmm. So of course, let's blame witchcraft, because it's weird witchcraft, mm-hmm. right? So then she <laughs> meets this girl. Her name is... Ellis, and basically ellis wants to she's a really great writer and she wants to write about the girls that had been murdered but she's one of those writers that she has to actually do it and go through the motions before she can write it but it's murder so it's like (laughs) so she has
1: to commit murder
0: yeah react so this is kind of where it like you know maybe a bit of a Mm spoilie because you're going like well because they research, like, who did these murders? And then girls that they're at school with right now start going missing. And it's like, ooh. Ah. So, yeah. I'm going to leave you with that. Okay. Because it's very good. Next, I read just finished reading The Black Flamingo by Dean Atta. Oh, I've read Black
1: Flamingo. Yay!
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Finally, book picked me by right three. five. <laughs> what did you think of it? I really, really liked it. It was. It is really good. Mm-hmm. Very similar to the Poet X, if you read that one. I think I mentioned that last time and butchered the last name of the author. I haven't read that. Very, very good. So it's a Stonewall Book Award winner. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's like all oh, nice and shiny. I was like, woo. Yes. <laughs> uh, fierce coming of age uh, verse novel about identity and the power of drag. So, I mean, right away, I'm sure you and I are like, <gasps> yeah, yes. That definitely caught my like, attention. Like, am, I am in. So the book is a series of poems telling the story of Michael who is mixed race, gay teen, growing up in London. Mm. Which I'm just like, all of those. <laughs> Thank you very much. So yeah, it's written like poems, coming of age, and just like his life and his struggles, which I'm like, yes. And it creates this character called the Black Woman. The Black Woman
1: That's such a great book. I name. love
0: it. I was like, oh, so highly recommend that one. And then the next, I'm reading this right now. It's The Island of Sea Women by Lisa See. And it caught me because um, on the cover it has... Uh, sea divers and i'm like okay this is kind of cool and i was intrigued because i've been to mikimoto island in japan quite a few times Mm -hmm. and watched the ama so the pearl divers that dress in like the barely covered anything and dive into the freezing ocean and retrieve pearls wow i'm like oh no thank you so they are amazing and this is basically kind of like the korean spin of it or the sea woman (laughs) so they dive for like Mostly food, not so much pearls, it's like albalone. They dive for squid, mm-hmm. sea cucumbers, and it's a little bit of about, it's like two girls living up on Jeju Island, which as you're about to dive into the Korean TV, you'll hear tons about Jeju Island. Okay. It's like Bamf for us. Like everyone here has heard of Banff. Yeah. But theirs is Jeju Island. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like them growing up and like just the time because it was right around the Japanese-Korean War. Which I'm finding out a lot of history about that. So that was, that is a good read. It's like a third of the way. But I'll, I'll let you guys know how that goes next episode. Oh, watched! I was going to mention this last time, but we went over time and I was like, oh, I, can't, I, gotta, I gotta mention it now. Yes. Have you seen this yet? No, I. but it is on my list. Yay. Uh, Netflix show called Alice in Borderland. It was, I watched this before I watched Squid Game and the similarities are like, they're there. For sure, mm-hmm. um, this is Japanese. Highly recommend to change it to the Japanese language with subtitles. I know some people are like, "Oh, I don't like subtitles," but trust me, we can both agree it's worth it. Yes, we'll we'll talk about uh, dubbing <laughs> issues. <laughs> oh, dubbing. <laughs> But um, basically, this is about an aimless gamer and his two friends, and they find themselves in a parallel Tokyo. So basically what happens is they hide in a bathroom, and then the lights go out, and they're like, what the, what the heck? And when they come out of the bathroom, everyone is gone. And they're in Shibuya, which is like the busiest area with a huge crossing that everyone just like goes, it's like a huge tourist attraction. but everyone is gone. And they're like, what the, what the heck? And eventually you find out that they have to play these games, Basically to survive. Oh. Yes. And there's like rules about these games. And each game has like a card and a number, which will indicate like what type of game and how hard it is. Mm -hmm. And then they find this giant organization that is like trying to collect all the cards. Because they presume if you collect all the cards in the deck, you'll be set free. Mm -hmm. Air quote, set free. And go back to the real world. And then just to make things more awesomer, there's Alice in Wonderland characters in it. Oh, so Alice in Wonderland. Yes. So Arisu, which is... Alice, Mm -hmm. it's a gentleman, is the main character. Mm. And you meet like the white rabbit because there's a girl named Usagi, which Mm -hmm. is rabbit in Japanese. And then you meet the Cheshire Cat and the Mad Hatter. And all I can say about this, once again, kind of like Squid Game, it's on the violent side because you basically, if you lose, you die. You just get like shot with a random like laser pointer thing. Mm -hmm. But this show desperately needs a season two. Like you're going to watch this and we're going to talk about it and you're going to be like,
1: what? This is great.
0: So, Highly recommend that one Yes And if you Well, I talked about Battle Royale Mm -hmm. The book So it's similar to that in The Cube I've never seen The Cube Oh, Cube That was a Canadian film, I think Hunger Games But Japanese, more mature
1: Yes Hunger Games certainly had A lot of inspiration, didn't it? It did (laughs) Next segment Housekeeping evening curbside pickup how does that work you might be wondering
0: i am wondering how does that work
1: well so for evening curbside visit us on tuesdays and thursdays from 6 to 8 p.m and how that works is you can pick up your held items or any items that we have on our shelves one of our wonderful staff will grab it and it'll be brought out to you and when you get to the parking lot call us at 780-962-4423 extension zero our staff will ask you for your library card number and then check out your items for you. Don't forget to bring your own bag if you have a lot of items because they can add up pretty quickly. Of course, during very rainy weather, we'll provide a plastic bag for your items. And we do ask that you return those bags because we can reuse them. The library itself will be closed. So you might be able to go in and browse. But just give us a call. Let us do the work. Programs! I got. Look at all the Sarah's
0: programs I got in the pretty pictures.
1: Oh, and the banners are so cute. I know. Is that a red panda?
0: Yes! I kind of want to register for this and just, I know I work that day and just sit there and watch cute animals and be like, because
1: they're showing their, I think their Japanese exhibit or their um, Asia. I think. Wouldn't that be professional development yeah. somehow? I'd, I'd find a way to make it work. So the you phrase it. Yes. We are talking about the virtual animal program presented by Calgary Zoo, which is on Wednesday, the 20th of October, yes. next Wednesday from 1030 to 1130 a.m. And the theme is Asia Virtual Safari. I that kind of fits in with our theme today, doesn't it? We
0: just—that was supposed to happen. I mean, clearly, we know what we're doing. We all do the time. know what we're
1: doing. <laughs> yeah, none of this is by accident. No,
0: gosh. <laughs> I always know what I'm doing.
1: So this sounds really, really cool. Join an expert conservation educator from the Calgary Zoo for an interactive tour through one of the zoo regions. Discover the spectacular animals that call Eurasia home. Animals observed may include white-handed gibbons, blay taper, Japanese macaw, Japanese cyril, amur, tiger, wild boar,
0: red panda, and snow leopard. I know, and I don't know what
1: that is, but it's a camel. Bactrian camel. What a red panda and snow leopard. Wow. Uh, come prepared with lots of questions. And for further information about the program, you can visit calgaryzoo.com, go to programs and school programs and they have all the info and to register for this you will visit our website sgpl.ca
0: yes when you see the giant red panda you know you that's where it needs to be <laughs> you're like yes no, so that. on our main
1: screen we have uh what's called banners and underneath them there are six little dots click on the third dot and you'll see a picture of a completely adorable red panda and the link to register for this program and it's absolutely free. There is a maximum of 37 people who can register. So, you know, register right away. And that will be ran um, through Zoom. And it looks really, really cool. There's a Siberian tiger. Oh. Oh, look at that kitty. Oh, majestic. Look at his murder mittens. Oh, my. <laughs> I've never heard of God that, but that's so—that's <laughs> the best. <laughs> They're big. They oh, are. my gosh. And I bet he has the biggest toe beans ever. Oh, oh, I'd squish him. Yes, like you're so ferocious and majestic, but I'm gonna squish the toe beans. And his little uh, chin, you just wanna like squish, squish, squish. Oh my gosh. Oh, Oh. he's such a cute kitty. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) so that's happening. (laughs) Did you see what else is happening though? A virtual visit with dinosaurs. And do you know when it's happening? No way. Yeah, it's happening in November. I know. I was oh like, Sarah, you have no idea how perfect
0: you planned that, and she's like, eh, I'm like you know. No, she she knew. She uh, knew.
1: Again, once again, it's not a coincidence we planned that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. virtual visit with dinosaurs. This is presented by the Royal Tyrrell Museum. It will be on Friday, the twelfth of November, from ten thirty to 11.15am, take a tour of the world-renowned Royal Tyrrell Museum of Paleontology without leaving your home.
0: It's happened,
1: <laughs> The dinosaurs are coming to us. That's so great. <laughs> During this interactive virtual visit, our expert will guide you through our galleries and exhibits, marvel at creatures from ancient seas, explore Dinosaur Hall, and discover how life carried on after the asteroid impact that marked the end of the Age of Dinosaurs. Come prepared with lots of questions. Q&A section at the end. You you could just take up that whole Q&A, couldn't you? Robert? I could.
0: I'm off, so what, move over, people. So many
1: minors just... <laughs> are like
0: I'm Courtney. Yeah, I'm... And I'm here. I'm all ages. Move over.
1: <laughs> For further information about it, visit TRLmuseum.com. Go to Learn, Distance Learning and Virtual Visit. This has a maximum of 35 registrants. Sign up right away. And go to the SGPL website. And that is the fourth dot after our little red panda with Calgary Zoom. And just click on register here and you'll be good to go. So, those are both amazing programs. And yes, I would say register right away because I'm pretty sure they'll fill up pretty quick. But, like, okay, Courtney, that's enough. Yeah. You lost 10 questions. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> Next, in case you haven't heard, Virtual Pokemon Club. Now, who doesn't love Pokemon? That's a silly question, really. Right. This is the Virtual Pokemon Club for Kids. Each month, we will post Pokemon-themed activities, crafts, games, and recipes, Ooh. along with other related fun things to do. If you enjoy Pokemon, then you need to participate in this safe and inclusive All Things Pokemon program designed for children 7 to 12. Hopefully next year, we will be bringing back the in-person Pokemon, but for now, visit sgpl.ca, go to programs, and you'll find the Virtual Pokemon Club, and it is also on our banner. There's a nice picture of Ash and Pikachu. Who is your favorite Pokemon? Umbreon,
0: the dark evolution for Eevee. Oh, okay. Snorlax for you. Snorlax
1: for me, yes. (laughs) Snorlax forever. Adult Virtual Reading Club has a new theme this month. Face your fears. There's a picture here of a woman standing in front of, looks like a ghost, and she's just like, what are you even doing trying to scare me? Just stop it. She is definitely facing her fears Mm -hmm. and making them feel bad too. Yeah. They are this month in the Reading Club, encouraging you to read a genre or subject matter you would normally avoid. Try something different outside of your usual comfort zone. It might surprise you. Now off to... What's happening in Spruce Grove? Back to fun Halloween stuff. The Mini Monster Bash, partnered with the city of Spruce Grove. There will be a fun activity kit you can pick up at the library, a haunted house at the Heritage Pavilion, a scavenger hunt at the library. love scavenger hunts. And you see this one? They're
0: hiding a dollhouse around the area, but they spooked it up and it's like a haunted dollhouse. A haunted
1: dollhouse.
0: Yeah. yeah so you gotta find it around the city and then take a picture and be like I found it we should go find it we should stop recording let's go find it
1: (laughs) (laughs) haunted dollhouses are always bad news in haunted dolls the ones where you close your eyes and they're on the shelf when you open your eyes they're suddenly at the foot of the bed
0: I think my favourite was a picture that someone was trying to sell a doll and in brackets it was like not haunted I'm like ah ha 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 ha
1: so it totally is Mm,
0: been there before that's just like the starting of every horror movie and someone's stupid like
1: okay it's not haunted yeah and then suddenly there's a doll, a porcelain doll just sitting there. But um, I'm sure this won't be as scary as all that. So find that dollhouse. Claim a prize if we don't get to it first.
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to fight Simone and I Yes.
1: It. <laughs> Check out our website and our social media for further information about these awesome activities. And as we always love doing, we have some more information from the Spruce Grove GSA. On October 29th, they will be meeting at Jubilee Park for a Halloween campfire. To get more information, visit Sprucegrove Spruce GSA on Facebook and Instagram, or you can email them sprucegrovegsa at gmail.com. And dates and times could change depending on the weather. And certainly this morning, it was very frosty, so I don't know, Jack Frost could be right around the corner. But yes. I'm afraid so but no, but yes. But yes. Finally <gasps> Our theme Our
0: theme. Yay. We got lots to say about Korean TV shows, but especially Squid Game. So Simone, what is Squid Game?
1: What is Squid Game? Well, the series centers on a contest where four hundred and fifty six players drawn from different walks of life, but each deeply in debt, play a series of children's games with deadly consequences for the chance to win. 45.6 billion won which is korean money and in canadian money i'm not exactly sure um but it's a lot so the writer of school game Huang, and i apologize if i'm saying any of these names incorrectly conceived of the idea based on his own economic struggles in life as well as the class disparity within south korea initially scripted in 2008 Hwang has been unable to find a production to support the script until Netflix came along in 2019 and found interest as part of their drive to expand their foreign programming offerings. Hwang not only wrote it, but he directed all nine episodes himself. I believe it's the most successful show Netflix has ever had. Oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. good for Squid Game. Good for Korean TV. So that really worked out. It's a great show. The show focuses primarily on Seong Ji-hun, who is a divorced and indebted chauffeur who lives with his mum. He doesn't work. His poor mother is elderly and I think has two jobs. He's, he's pretty much a deadbeat. And he gets offered a chance to play a series of games where he can win a ton of money. And he decides to do it. It's all very mysterious. He has to uh, get picked up in a dark van and he's rendered unconscious. doesn't know where he is. There's masked guards in red and pink boiler suits. And the games are overseen by someone called the front man, who explains to them that if they lose, they will be terminated. Permanently. Yes. <laughs> it's not just yeah. okay, you're out, go sit on the sidelines. You're dead. So the games start with red light, green light, I guess it would be called here. Mm-hmm. I will just give this pit away. There's a giant doll. She says red light, and you stop, and then green light, run. She this red light again and she sees you move at all, you get killed. It's quite an intense game. Yes.
0: And background about that doll, I believe it is a real doll. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think I sent you that thing on Instagram about mm-hmm. all the whatevers. And she was kind of like the guardian gatekeeper of a museum, but she had an no arm missing. So, I mean, they made it bigger. <laughs> And gave her an arm and gave her laser death eyes.
1: Yes, her eyes are terrifying. The way they oh, just, they just... They roll around. <laughs> oh, God. It's like a comedian's eyes. Each death adds 100 million won to the potential jackpot. And Jihan meets an uh, old childhood friend, Cho Sang-woo. And also a gentleman who is very elderly and has a brain tumor, Oh Il-nam. And he is wanting to play the game as opposed to waiting to just die from his tumour in the outside world. And there's a bunch of other really great characters.
0: I hate (laughs) Sunwoo. Yes. For the fiery passion. He's just...
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, there are some twists and turns. And there are characters that at first you're just like, I don't know about them. And then you're just, come on, you can win. So it's... Very good acting. We'll go back to what we were saying a few minutes ago about the dubbing. It's really best to watch this with the original Korean audio. Dubbing, I found, totally took me out of the show. I almost gave up watching it until Courtney showed me how to change the audio on Netflix. So.
0: I caught a clip of the English of the robot doll creepy thing saying red light green light. And it was like, red light,
1: green light. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> a- awful. I didn't mind that so much, but it was just just anytime a character was being dramatic, which is a lot of times because they're in a life or death game, the English dubbing would just be lots of like, oh, ah, oh, what are you doing? Oh, no. And like, yeah, it sounded really
0: overreacting. I like the creepy chant from the doll, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I practiced it, but but, yeah.
1: The actual people performing, like hearing them talk, hearing the emotion. It really helps you to get into the show and really understand the characters. So, subtitles for the win.
0: Absolutely. Who's your favourite character?
1: Uh, my favourite character, I have a couple. Ali, who is um, a worker from Pakistan. And he enters games to try and provide for his family because he's working kind of under the table at a really awful job. Uh, there's definitely no health and safety People at that place. <laughs> and I also really liked that there were some really strong women. Kang Sebiok, who has left North Korea, family's back there, and her brother is with her too, but he's in this kind of almost like a foster home or something. He's getting bullied, and she just wants to get him out of there and get the whole family reunited. So that's what she's doing the game for. And ji-young who is a young woman who just got out of prison after killing her incredibly abusive father. I really like those two characters the bad guy's pretty good. There's um, a gangster, Jang gyok who has a bunch of gambling debts. He has this tattoo of a snake, like, from his face all the way down his body. He's just really, like, mean and tough. I liked him. It, it was... At first, I was just like, oh, it's just a random bad guy. But, I know, all the characters, I felt, had some depth. It wasn't just, you get in some shows where, cookie cutter, good guy, bad guy. What about you?
0: Loved Ali. Mm-hmm. He was just amazing. And to know both languages so fluently and just to get in there, I was like, oh my gosh. And just, that was amazing. And if you didn't know about our lovely leading lady, uh, she is also, that's her first acting gig she's ever gotten. And she was from, I believe it was Korea's Next Top Model. Really? Yeah. I think she was a runner up. Not only smoking hot, but can act. I'm like, oh, you know, no big thing. Just, I'm going to come and nail this, this awesome.
1: <laughs> so she's gorgeous and, and she can act.
0: Yep. She's amazing. Uh, So we found on the good old Instagram here, someone posted, if Squid Game was being played in the country you live in, what games do you think (laughs) you'd have to play? So someone and I thought about this, and since we're both from different places in the world, what kind of games do you think if a Squid Game happened in England? Well... (laughs) What would
1: you have to play or die? It would be a very interesting show. Um... (laughs) So the, the comment on that post is, can you imagine the chaos of musical chairs when your life is on the line? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There's also uh, a game called Conkers that we were playing in England where you would have it's like a chestnut on a piece of rope and you have to knock them against the other players and the first one to crack is the winner. That would be so violent. Yes, just see people like covering their conkers in like, steel plating or something to try and always be the winner. British Bulldog which is kind of like tag. There is a group of kids who were the Bulldogs and the other kids had to get across to the other side of the playground without the Bulldogs catching them. Gotcha. Uh, What's the time Mr. Wolf? Pretty much like red light, green light. And then the last one um, that came to mind was Toilet Tag where kids uh, you tag them and they become a toilet and then you have to push down their hand and flush them.
0: Your hand was the lever.
1: Yes, your hand was the lever. That's what I imagine the British version of Squid Game would be like. And lots of people going, oh no, bloody hell. I could just picture it so funny. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Not supposed to be funny, but it would be really funny.
1: So what about here in Canada? Oh
0: gosh. Because as we mentioned before, I was kind of the jock that played with all the boys. Mm -hmm. So of course we had probably like yourself really extreme games. (laughs) Um, Like Red Rover, Red Rover.
1: Oh yes, I've heard of that.
0: Right, so everyone's in a chain, and then your object of the game is try to run past people that are holding hands and break through. And if you break through, then you get to pick a person to go to the other side and become mm-hmm. a red rover. And if they don't get through the chain, then they're part of the chain. That could be very violent.
1: Duck, duck, goose. <gasps> yes, That's, that would be tense.
0: Right? Like, it, kind of musical chairs-ish, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's in a circle, you just tap people's heads, like duck, duck, and then the goose has to run. You have to run. And you have to get, yeah, try to beat them back to the spot.
1: It would be like duck, duck, death. Yeah. Oh
0: my gosh, that'd be so violent. Now, <laughs> <laughs> is that real? It is because I googled it and it, its a thing. And there was many names for this next game. We called it Red Ass, and of course, because we were uh, like in elementary school, it'd be like Red A, or like we wouldn't say it fully because then the lunchroom supervisor'd be like, "What? What did you say?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> nothing. But the object of the game is you had a ball. And you were against like a brick wall mm-hmm. and you would throw the ball and try to catch it. But if you fumbled or for whatever reason didn't catch the ball, because everyone's whipping it as fast as they can. Your job was to run to the wall and touch it before someone else picked up the ball and whipped it at the wall before you got to touch the wall. So if the ball hit before you touched it, you had to stand at the wall and they basically had to, from the name of the game, hit you right in the ass. <laughs> so you get hit with a ball on, on your butt. Yep. Yeah. And if they miss, then lucky days. But there's lots of renditions, but that's the way we played it.
1: <laughs> that sounds like an actual Squid Game game. Like, right? Oh, so like, my God. That could be so intense. Traumatizing. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then we had
0: chicken fights, is what we called it. And basically, it was a game on the monkey bars. Mm-hmm. And you would... you So p- two people are hanging from the monkey bars, and you use your legs to kick each other off. Oh, yeah. Or, like, grab them and try to pull them down. That I could see being... kind of like tug of war, right? But Yeah.
1: Like, and then... From really high up or yep. a big pit of spikes that yep. you fall into.
0: Yeah. So that was another one we played, which I'm like, yep, that could be pretty deadly. And then, of mm-hmm. course, Kick the Can, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a rendition of Tag Game, except for someone would guard the can and your job was to kick it. So I could see that one being played. And then I'm sure most of our Canadian listeners will get this one. Did you ever play Heads Up 7-Up?
1: I didn't play it. I've heard teachers say it yep. here at the library on tours to get the kids' attention.
0: Yeah. So the game that we used to play, Heads Up, Seven Up, is there'd be seven students picked and they were like the person that was it. And everyone else would be at their desk with their eyes covered and their thumb up. Mm -hmm. And the seven people would go around and push down your thumb. And then your thumb was down. And then everyone would say, Heads Up, Seven Up. And you had to guess the person that pushed down your thumb. So if you guessed right, then you just switch. and Now you're the person that gets it. And if not, then you just sit back down.
1: (laughs) But in the Squid Game version, if you guessed wrong, you would be killed. Yeah, you'd be shot your thumb would be shut off. Yeah, right? Like something intense. Oh, yeah.
0: So I thought those would be really good games that uh, could possibly be the next Canadian Squid Game. So maybe we should contact Canadian Netflix and UK Netflix. (laughs) Yes. Now, you've started watching some more Korean TV shows besides
1: Squid Game. Which ones have you watched and would recommend to our audience? I would highly recommend a show called Sweet Home. Again, it's on Netflix. So many of these shows are on Netflix. It's, It's really great how they're showing content from so many different countries. And Sweet Home is, I'd say, a monster show. It's about a young boy. Well, it's about a teenager called Cha Hyun Soo. And he is basically suicidal. His parents were killed and his family was killed in a car accident. He's just completely hopeless about life. He goes to an apartment block called Green Home, which is quite decrepit. And he's just going to live there for a while. And then he's planning to jump off the roof. But as he's living there, he starts to meet a few of the other residents. There's quite an eclectic group living there. And then, as if that's not enough, suddenly these giant mutated monsters start attacking. It's almost like a zombie virus, except you don't turn into a zombie. You turn into a monster and you could be any kind. There's one who's like 50 foot. There's another one who his the top of his head's been cut off. And he just goes around saying, I can't see. <laughs> and it's another one that has this big tube that comes out of his chest and he sucks all your life force. And so many weird creatures. And it's, um, again, it's it's not C- CGI. It's done, you know, with practical effects, which is really cool because so many shows now, it's just CGI and you can tell it is. But this is like puppets and people in suits and it looks really real and it's exciting. And as the show continues, you get to meet the other residents of um, Greenhouse. There's um, Sang Wook, who is a guy with a big scar on his face. And he looks like a gangster. And he looks like a gangster from, like, 1980s um, U.S. cop shows. Like, he has kind of MacGyver hair, almost a mullet. And he wears these kind of Hawaiian shirts. And he just scowls all the time and smokes and punches people and... Oh, yeah, he's one of my favourites. He's great. He's just this mysterious guy who looks like an 80s action star. And there's uh, a couple of children who are just the cutest. And, oh, yes. And uh, there's couples, there's a horrible shopkeeper and his poor wife. There's a firefighter and her fiancé. There's a scientist. So many different people in this building. And they're all trying to fight against these awful monsters like nothing i've seen really it's I say it reminds me of a zombie show but it's so much more than just zombies walking around going brains like you don't know what they're going to turn into and you're like oh my god how is that even a thing they're all gonna die it's very exciting i wouldn't say it's scary but it's it's fun and it's gory lots of blood and guts so yeah definitely my kind of thing love it
0: and when you mention not cgi that reminded me of squid game again because all the actors, the 456 actors, are actual people. Mm-hmm. And they built the sets of, like, even that weird, colorful maze. Yeah. They built that. Wow. Yeah. No CGI. And you can, like you said, you can tell the difference. You're like, that looks so much better. Yeah. yeah.
1: I looks so real. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And then there's a show that's um, next to my list Um, after Alice in Borderlands, which is called Strangers from Hell, or Hell is Other People. That's another name for it and again it's a young man who lives in an apartment complex and all his neighbors um and there are some that are like really evil and creepy and some that are just really strange and bizarre so i can't wait to get started on that show um handsome siblings <laughs> uh that's about two brothers who it's it's set in kind of the time of like Mulan like feudal Korea yes okay yeah and they are both experts in martial arts and fighting and uh it's about how they're reunited and it's i I'd say it's a bit more slow moving than Squid Game and um Sweet Home but it's absolutely gorgeous to look at and the fight scenes are amazing so yeah great show and then um one movie as well which is called alive or hashtag alive and that is a zombie movie and that is on netflix i have seen so many zombie films i've almost become a bit desensitized like oh look there's another undead walking around but this movie put a really fresh spin on it the look again it wasn't cgi so it's a lot more scary and visceral and gory and yeah just loved it so much they are so good with horror movies i was looking at korean horror films because i want to watch more and there's about 50 that just look incredible those are my ones for now but this list could be a lot longer if we ever revisit i'm gonna have like pages
0: Oh, that's so excellent. I'm glad you did the different genres because I'm like big on the Korean drama romance. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you kind of got the horror and the zombies and the historical because I've yet to tap into those yet. So I feel like we've got it covered, (laughs) guys. We have everything. Because most of mine, unfortunately, are romance with like a little bit of something else. That's
1: not unfortunate.
0: Well, there's like, okay. So first one, it's okay to not be okay. Not strictly when like go to it for the romance, but it's a lot of like mental health Mm-hmm. And psychological, and basically it's it's probably one of my favorites. and the main character, um, Kumannya is just she's gorgeous and wears the most beautiful outfits. But yeah, there's a lot of dark themes in there, like it's about herself and then two brothers and the brother has autism and he's also like he watched his mother die. so he's terrified of butterflies. Mm-hmm. So every spring when the butterflies come out, He has a panic attack Mm -hmm. and they have to move.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they ended up, all of them end up being in the same area. And they're at like um, an institution for people with mental health, which is really great in a sense because Korea hasn't really made too many things to address mental health Mm -hmm. in their culture. Like here, we're just starting. I feel like it's just starting to become a thing. Yeah, it really is. But they're not so much. Mm -hmm. So this movie kind of pushed that boundary of like, hey, you know, like you meet like, War veteran with PTSD, like you, you know, you got people on the autism spectrum, you got people with personality disorders, you got all these things, and it was just so well done with like some dark, scary themes in it. Is that on Netflix? Yes. Oh, yay! Yes, and a smidgen of romance that you're kind of like, okay, okay, it's just enough to kind of get all the boxes. Okay, but Ko Mong Young is kind of like my my spirit animal because she's just so like, like she likes shiny, pointy things. And she's like a klepto, like she takes things all the time. (laughs) But she came from like a really bad upbringing and she lives in like this dark mansion. This is like where I want to be. (laughs) So she's really good. Crash Landing on You, that's like pure romance. Basically, it's about this really rich uh, businesswoman who gets blown into North Korea and she meets this North Korean... um, gentleman who's part of like the army but he's like high up on the chain in the army and there's a bit of love there and they're trying to get her back to south korea and don't be fooled by the description in netflix because when i read it i was like that sounds dumb and i didn't want to watch but everyone's like no no it's like really sweet And now i watch it at least like three times a year oh wow because i'm like this is so good it's just so cute so if you want those warm fuzzies highly recommend that one Warm fuzzies are important. Warm fuzzies are important. It's to balance out your zombie movies. Yes. You're like, okay, my heart rate is now a bajillion miles an hour. Oh, some fuzzy romance. Ah, calm. Yeah, calm. Romance is a bonus book. I'm actually rewatching that right now because I just have to. It really got me because it's about um, all these people that work at a publishing house. I'm going to vent a little here. The main character, Chick, is not my favorite because she's just kind of whiny and useless in my mind. Okay. But um, she's hotter than her luck. Like, she... Married this guy who is like a total dweeb, <laughs> and he left her with her kid. And he said he was moving out of country with this other woman, but actually still in Korea. And she's like living in her house that's about to get demolished. She's got like no job, no like her kids off in another country doing school, but you know she's like
1: homeless. Yeah,
0: and she's able to, and she's 37, has mm-hmm. a kid, and everywhere she tries to apply for a job, they're like well, what were you doing the last, like, few years? Like, were you just lazing about being a housewife? Like, they really downplay it. Like, oh, if you're taking care of your family, you're not working hard enough. So I can relate to getting into the industry to find a job and, like, just the struggles she has. But anyways, Mm -hmm. she has a really hot friend that comes and basically (laughs) gives her, helps her with a job and helps her find her way in this publishing house. And she used to do marketing. And it's real, it's another kind of sweet thing. I love the costumes and, like, the outfits. They're so well-dressed. And I'm just, like, like, I swear the characters have a jacket for every day of the year. Oh. It's like never the same. I'm like, oh, now it's, now it's this jacket. That's beautiful. So that's, and,
1: that's kind of how you imagine be. Right? right like, this
0: is why I bought this jacket that I'm wearing now. Oh, that's I'm really like, nice. Right? Because they wear stuff like this all the time. And I'm like, and books. And then they talk about books. And I'm like. So uh, they wear great clothes and you talk about books. Yes. So Courtney loves it. Uh, mine is pretty recent. Lots. It's. I'm trying to think of something that it's similar to. It's kind of like a whodunner mystery murder. But it's with the very elite, like very, very rich families and they all live on this compound, but there's like three different families that all live on this really rich compound. Like I like the way that they make it like, oh, these people are so high above like the rest of the world. Like they have their own special water they drink. In their buildings, there's special air pushed out at like certain degrees. Like they're very they're treated like gods and goddesses. But then one of the main guys is murdered. And you're like, well what what the heck happened? And the three ladies that Are in it because they're just oh! If you want powerful women, they are amazing. They are like fantastic, and there's a little bit of LGBTQ. She's like my favorite character in it too because she has a secret girlfriend that she like loved but ended up marrying into this family. But she comes from a powerful family, like the Chai Bowl families. Like just it's really good. But these are the ones that are kind of like worth the time because I've
1: watched a lot, and you're kind of like yeah, I'm I'm just starting out, so this is great. Yes. Wow.
0: Now I want to go home and watch TV.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, that about wraps
0: up our uh, special Korean TV awesome super pack <laughs> episode. Habba-bubba. <laughs> no, <laughs> just all the cool stuff in there. If you'd like to be a special guest or have any questions, concerns, or any great episode ideas, you can send them to us once again, last time, I promise, Behind the stacks at sgpl.ca.
1: Yes, we would love to hear from you. So please don't be shy. Drop us an email. And Simone, what is next episode? Because I know you've just not been
0: excited about this episode at all. No, I'm just
1: like, oh, yawn. Whatever. So next episode, we'll be looking at Halloween with an extra special guest. And I think we should tell you who it is, just to be nice. We will be speaking to Shelby Scott from the podcast Scare You to Sleep. She took time out of her extremely busy schedule to speak to us here at Behind the Stacks. So that is our next episode. What's happening now? Stay tuned for the next exciting episode of Behind the Stacks. Bye. Bye.